It's been a very weird day in Mariners land. It started off with a trade rumor linking the Mariners to Mets outfielder Mark Canna. That's kind of exciting. And shortly after it was announced Cade Marlowe had been called up. That's also pretty exciting. Only for us to find out that it was because Jared Kelnick broke his foot kicking a water cooler last night. Yeah. And then George Kirby and the Mariners shut out the Twins in the afternoon because why the hell not? Our thoughts on all of it coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. If you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. Mariners beat the Twins 5-0 this afternoon at T-Mobile Park. And probably not going to spend a ton of time on the actual game because just so much happened today. But that's where we're going to start. Uh, George Kirby today shuts out the Twins over seven scoreless. Just four hits allowed, no walks. Ten strikeouts. Ties a career high. Pretty awesome because, you know, we've talked about in the past that Kirby hasn't had a ton of high strikeout totals in games this year. So this was really cool to see. Uh, what was your assessment of Mr. George Kirby, Coley? Yeah, he was okay, you know four hard hit balls in seven innings. It's kind of tough to, to take that type of outing seriously. So, you know, he's fine, but uh, yeah, you know, it was pretty interesting. It was, it was pretty fastball heavy. You know, it was a uh, 49% fastball, mm-hmm. uh, but it really didn't feel that way. Uh, at least early. It felt like early in the game, he was going to the slider a lot. Uh, we saw some, some splitters, uh, you know, some curveballs. He really mixed it in uh, the first time through the order. Uh, and then he just kind of was like, you know, he brought the the FU fastball out and he just let it eat, uh, you know, the second time through. He had 12 whiffs on his four seamer. That's 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 a massive number um, for a four seam fastball. 38 percent on that 37 uh, percent called strike plus whiff. Um, and then the slider, uh, he had 50 percent whiff rate on the slider today through 22 of them, eight swings, four whiffs, seven called strikes. That's a good number. Um, so yeah, it, it was just one of those games where it felt like knowing how teams are going to attack him, he made the adjustment. He didn't go fastball heavy early in the game, but the second time through, he went back to his best pitch, which is the fastball. And he just had impeccable command of it today. Um, and he had the slider working, uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, it was just four seam, two seam slider, mostly a couple splitters. I think one of the, I think his first or second strikeout was on the splitter. Uh, it was a pretty good one. So. Uh, yeah, Kirby, I, I think this was just kind of an adjustment that he had made where it's like, look, I know teams are going to try and ambush the fastball early in counts. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. It's what they've always done. And it's the only way that they've ever had success off of me. So I'm just going to tweak it a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit slider heavy. I'm going to go a little bit, you know, a few more curveballs and splitters the first time through. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to, you know, paint with the fastball. And he was on the corners all day, nothing in the middle of the plate. Um, you know, if just really honestly, the... He had like no hit, perfect game type of stuff going yeah, today. There were just did. a couple of leaders um, that, that got through just the one hard hit ball uh, that was, you know, a hit. Uh, the the triple um, was really the only ball that 
probably a, a well-deserved hit. Everything else is kind of blooped and bleed and bled. And, and, you know, he hit a guy, which is a little uncommon for him. So yeah, Kirby was just great today. Um, it was, you know, Cy Kirby, uh, type of stuff. And, and he got the strikeouts this time to go along with yeah. it. So yeah, it was great to see. And, and, you know, the Mariners bullpen has been really beat up. We talked about this the other day and, and thankfully Castillo was able to kind of grind his way through six yesterday. And then Kirby goes today and he goes seven. Uh, they still use Paul Seawald with, with a five run lead, but I mean, he was already hot. So is essentially he had pitched today either way. So, uh, yeah, bullpen should be in pretty good shape, uh, going into this Toronto series in which case, in which I believe they will win the first one and lose the next two to finish the homestand exactly at 500 and to keep their two, two game win streak, two game losing streak, two game win streak streak going, because this is a very mediocre 500 baseball club until further notice. Yeah, this was the most predictable win of the season. I honestly, I never for a second thought that they were going to lose this game. I was like, yeah, you know, no, they got to get back to 500. It's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be weird if they were two games under 500 again. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was the George Kirby that you know I was dreaming on this offseason when we were talking about the the Cy Young stuff with him uh, when we were building up all that hype. Uh, a guy just with elite command that's going to throw the kitchen sink at you. Uh, and today, you know, the strikeout stuff again, uh, that was that was really, really nice to see. I don't know, you know, if that's going to be any sort of uh, consistent thing for him the rest of the way. But it's nice when Probably. when he's got everything when he's got everything working for him, though, and he's missing bats. George Curry is a lot of fun to watch. Um, I got to say, you know, the biggest play in this game, though, was uh, came after uh, Kirby uh, left this game. Uh, in the eighth with Matt Brash pitching. Uh, I think it was, what, 2 nothing still at the time? I don't think Ford had hit his home run yet. He hit it in the bottom of the eighth, right? So, yeah, top of the eighth with Brash pitching. It was still 2 nothing. Uh, I forget who it was, uh, but they uh, they hit what looked like a, it might have been a, a bleeder there uh, down the uh, third base line, and Gino Suarez uh, making an incredible over-the-shoulder catch, which... I mean that could have started a lot of momentum there for the uh, for the Twins, and that just shut the door on that completely. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a great play by Gino, who had a really nice series both at the plate and uh, with yeah. the glove. Uh, he's playing really really well right now, uh, and that's huge. If he can finish out this season, I said this last night on Twitter. If he can finish out the season hot, that should allow for the Mariners to not feel as pressed to do something about third base this winter. They should still look to upgrade for sure. Sure. Right? But, but um, yeah, that would be huge. And and right, right now, Gino's Gino's on a little bit of a heater. I think he's up to like a 150 WRC plus over the last month or so. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, two hits again today, a ringing double uh, loop single. He just had three home runs in three days in the first, uh, you know, the first three games of the series. Uh, and you kind of look up at his numbers now and you're like, oh, here we are about, you know, 95 games in and Gino's got 15 home runs. So he's probably going to get to 25 or 30, which, yeah. Uh, so Gino's a streaky hitter. Uh, yeah. We know that. But it's on one of his good streaks right now. And, and they kind of need it because, you know, as we're about to talk about, Kelnick was, you know, starting to turn things around. And and he was kind of, you know, with uh, a. Eugenio, he was going to kind of hopefully lead this offense uh, for a couple weeks. But uh yeah, Gino had a great catch. It was Kepler at the plate, too, so he was kind of playing near shortstop. Uh, they had mm-hmm. a, a modified shift on, so he had to cover a ton of ground uh, to make that catch. And, yeah, you know, Gino is just 
look, I mean, you, you can still go out and get another third baseman. Like you totally do that. And then Gino yeah. slides to DH or first base, or he does a little bit of everything for you. Yeah. So yeah, there Gino is, is uh, there's probably not much of a, a case to be made that Gino shouldn't be on your roster next year. Yeah. You can move him, but he's a pretty good player still. Um, he just, you know, he is who he is. There's just not ever going to, he's not going to hit 260 with, you know, 35 palms. He's just not that guy. Uh, but for what he is and, and what you know about him, Gino's a, a really good fit and, and he's kind of, you know, carried this mediocre offense through this homestand. And uh, he did it again today with a couple, a couple big hits, you know, it doesn't get the, the, the big Teoscar Hernandez uh, moment or the Mike Ford moment, but uh, Gino mm-hmm. really did put up the most consistent at bats today. And, and he has for the last four or five days. Yeah, Gino's been sensational as of late. Uh, we saw Cade Marlowe make his debut. You mentioned Jared Kelnick, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit here. But uh, Marlowe was the corresponding move for Kelnick landing on the IL. Uh, he got the start today in left field. Uh, the plan for now, we'll see how long this lasts because you know, I'm still on, on the boat of AJ Pollock should be DFA'd as soon as possible. But the uh, plan so far, or for now, is uh, to platoon those two guys. Uh, not a great debut for Marlowe. Uh, he worked a walk, but he also struck out a couple times. So, you know. Yeah. Seemed to have issue with the slider. And yeah. he saw a lot of them. So, yeah. yeah, you know, he's not going to be in the game tomorrow against Kikuchi. Uh, so we, he'll probably get his second chance at his first big league hit against Kevin Gossman on Saturday. Fun. Fun. And, you know, on sold out stadium. So, yeah. You know, yeah. no pressure, kid. No pressure. Yeah. Breaking balls, splitters. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good luck, sure. Cade. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Jared Kelnick, unfortunately, uh, fractures his foot last night uh, in a self-inflicted injury. We're going to talk about all of it in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So, the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply and you're listening to the lockdown mariners postgame show thank you again for making us your first listen after the mariners beat the twins five nothing at t-mobile park this afternoon to of course split the series because that's just what the mariners do uh, they're going to get back after it tomorrow. They're hosting the Toronto Blue Jays, the birds from my neck of the woods. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast, Sirius XM via the SXM app. Uh, once again, before we talk about Jared Kelnick here, we are running our biggest giveaway today. We are giving away three separate sets of tickets to the Mariners' Red Sox series at the end of this month, July 31st through August 2nd. All you have to do to enter is leave a comment on any of our videos that we post this week saying which day you want to go. So those are Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday games. So say which day you want to go. We're going to pick a winner for each. Uh, you know, that says Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Uh, please refer to the uh, terms and conditions in our description and all that good stuff. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good thing that we waited a little bit to talk about this. Um, we didn't do this right after the news broke that we waited until after the game to talk about this because uh, I was really bummed out when we found out that uh, Jared Kelnick uh, was in a walking boot at T-Mobile Park uh, this morning. We got the news that Cade Marlowe had been called up, and that was exciting for about five minutes. We started speculating about the uh, you know, what the corresponding move could be, and there were like six different options that I considered, and it was none of them. It was actually Jared Kelnick. Uh, unfortunately fractured his left foot after kicking a water cooler out of frustration uh, last night after striking out against Yohan Duran in uh, last night's loss to the Twins, uh, which, yeah, that'll do it after you see 104-mile-per-hour fastballs and then he hits you with a backdoor curveball to to get you on strike three. Yeah, that, that'll that'll irritate you a little bit. So, um, you know, at, at first I, I experienced, you know, obvious you know anger frustration just overall because of how frustrating this team has been in general and this just felt like the cherry on top of everything that's happened up to this point also you have two you know tough losses the last two days etc um but you know jared uh steps in front of the media uh and he's obviously very regretful very embarrassed i'm you know i don't want to obviously speculate or, or you know get too involved in jared's personal life here but uh, this might be, you know, very well the most embarrassing thing that's happened in his life. He's a very young dude, and that's, you know, that's got to take a pretty significant toll on him. And, you know, look, like, let's just get this out of the way. Yes, it's, you know, it was an immature, it was a dumb thing, uh, it was a selfish thing, all all those things, right? All that can be true, but also I, I think he should be commended here for having the guts to step in front of the media and talk to them and be vulnerable and transparent about the situation. And, uh, and, you know, be remorseful and regretful to his teammates. Um, I thought that was, that was great. And also, you know, I don't want to tack on the guy, right? He's paying the price for his decision already. He, he broke his foot, right? He's let his teammates down. He's feeling the embarrassment of that. He's feeling the regret of that. Anyone who's given Jared a hard time on, on, over that, let up, all right? He's going through enough, as is. Uh, so with that said, you know, Colby, how do you, how do you feel about this uh, whole situation with Jared? Yeah. Um, on the baseball field, it, uh, it definitely, it hurts. Kelnick uh, really, I feel like since the San Francisco series looked like he had really started to figure things out and he came out of the break and he was probably your most consistent hitter. Uh, he was driving the ball to the opposite field. You know, he was, he was getting on bay. He had a nice little hit streak going, uh, lots of doubles. The strikeouts were starting to come down a little bit. Like it looked like Kelnick was starting to figure things out. Um, and that that's huge, especially in a, in a season that may not amount to, you know, a, a realistic playoff chase, uh, the development of guys like Jared Kelnick and, and the continued growth of guys like Cal Raleigh and Julio, uh, is, is something that you want to track. Um, so it, it is a bummer from a baseball sense, but you know, I, I think when we, I think we as fans should step away for, you know, just a quick second from the field and just understand that we do not have any idea what is going on in Jared's real life. We don't know why he was so angry. We don't know if there's something off the field that is, you know, troubling him as well. We don't know what's happening. Uh, with him mentally. We we don't. And so I think that while it's okay to be upset with him, 
for hurting the team. And, and he acknowledged as much. He hurt his team. He hurt it, obviously himself. He hurt the fan. He hurt a lot of people with a selfish decision. But you, me, you listening, we don't know what is happening in his life. We can't sit here and speculate and say that this is 100% because he struck out against Duran. We, we, don't, we don't know. We just don't know what is happening with him. Um, and so because of that, I think it's important to remember that athletes are human beings. They make mistakes. Uh, And because we don't know any of the extra circumstances surrounding Jared's lapse of judgment, I think the important, the most important thing we can do is just, you know, send love, send understanding and compassion. And, you know, just understand that Jared is a 23 year old kid who made a mistake um, that he will hopefully learn from. And, you know, just the, the, um, you know, you have to commend him for, for answering the tough questions and, and not ducking out. He didn't have to do that interview. He could have left and, and just, yep. you know, I'm, I'm not taking questions today. Like a lot of athletes would have. Uh, and Jared at 23 year old, 23 years old understands, you know, that he, that he let the team down and, and all that stuff. And, you know, he was mature about it. He spoke about it. And so I, I, to me, like this doesn't, there are a lot of people who, you know, it's like, oh, well, it shows how much he cares. I like him even more now. It, you know, there are other people who are like he's selfish. Like this is shows how little he cares about his team and all that stuff. And and for me, you know, I just I think at the end of the day, I just I would like Jared to know. And, and I don't think Jared listens to the show, but, uh, you know, I, I'm sending you my love. And I feel like yeah, we as fans need to do better in just we don't know what's happening. We don't understand what's going on in these guys' headspace in these situations. And when they make a mistake like this, yes, you hold them accountable for it. Scott service did it. Jared Kelnick has done it himself. Uh, but we don't know, we don't have the whole story. And, and so I think it's important to be compassionate in, in a time like this and, and just kind of like, Hey, you know, he's a 23 year old kid who made a bad decision and he'll learn from it and it'll grow. Yeah. Jared's the ultimate competitor, right? He eats, mm-hmm. breathes and sleeps baseball. Like that's, who he is right and you know or at least from everything that we know about him right um and so yeah i you know for me i really just i i look at him and i i don't care about 2024 i don't care about the rest of this year i really don't at the end of the day all i care about is that he's okay both physically and mentally that's where my headspace is at right now as far as jared kelnick goes is that he's yep. doing okay uh, and you know, as far as baseball goes, you know, I hope that he can look back on this year and not let this overshadow everything else, all the good that he was able to accomplish this year. Cause it was such a huge year. Cause if I'm assuming that this is probably it for him right this year, as far as this year goes, and we'll see. I, I saw a doctor, uh, speculate that, uh, if everything is like great everything goes yeah. really well for him then it's five to six weeks minimum so there's a chance he's back for september but yeah yeah we'll see and we'll see if maybe the mirrors you know are in a position where they even want to push that with yeah. him right so i would say there's probably a slim chance that he comes back but we'll see um hmm. but that that's a, if this is it for him right if this is it for him as far as 2023 goes i hope he is able to look back on this year because this was in a, in a positive light because this hmm. was such a huge much needed year for him, even with the slumps from, you know, the end of April to pretty much up to the all-star break or right before the all-star break, even with that still just a massive, massive year for Jared. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to miss the hell out of you, Jerry Bonds. So 
get healthy and uh, hope you're doing well uh, otherwise. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk about this trade rumor that uh, came out this morning from Buster Olney about Mark Canna and the Mariners uh, in just a moment. But first, you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the Mariners 5 nothing win over the Minnesota Twins. You can catch the Mariners and the Blue Jays tomorrow on the Mariners hometown broadcast of SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, so this morning before everything happened, this was the first piece of Mariners news that came down uh, this morning for Buster Olney of, uh, is he still with ESPN? He's still with ESPN, yeah. right? Yeah, he uh, he tweeted, uh, other teams have asked about the, uh, or have asked the Mets about the availability of Mark Canna and a possible match might be with the Seattle Mariners. Seattle very familiar with Canna from his years in the AL West and they pursued him in free agency two winters ago. Uh, so Colby, it's rabbits two season. For those of you that uh, remember the, yeah. Uh, for those of you that remember the uh, 2021 off season, the Mariners, of course, as uh, Buster mentioned, uh, were interested in Mark Canna. They uh, did not land him uh, at the end of the day. He ended up signing a, uh, what, a three-year deal, two-year deal with a player or club option uh, yep. with the uh, New York Mets. Uh, so that's that's the interesting thing here, right? Because I saw a lot of people go, well, why would they buy a rental? You know, uh, he does have a club He's option. Yeah. It's $11.5 million uh, next year. And I would think that if the Mariners are interested in him, uh, especially, you know, uh, when you pair this with Jerry DePoto's comments today about not really being too aggressive as uh, buyers, that they would think that they have a pretty good shot of uh, of picking up that option. Also, I don't think that it's going to cost much, really. So even if they did move off of him in the winter, I don't think you feel too bad about that. Uh, but let, let's talk about Canna here. Uh, what do you think about the fit, especially you know right now where things stand for the Mariners? Yeah, it's a good fit. You definitely need more of a everyday type now that Kelnick is going to be on the shelf for possibly the year. Um, and, and while Canna is not an ideal everyday guy, he kind of right now at this stage of his career, he's more of a part-time guy. Um, he does do some things very well. He doesn't strike out a ton, which I know a lot of Mariner fans want in this lineup. He still draws walks. He's still a good athlete. Um, you know, he's still got some pop. It's not amazing pop, but it it's there. It does exist. It's not zero. Um, the numbers aren't spectacular this year, but they're not terrible. It canna is kind of league average, uh, with some, you know, with some skills that this Mariners lineup could really use for the rest of this year. And I think transitioning into next year, if you pick up that option, Canna essentially becomes a higher floor AJ Pollock for you, where he's kind of the fourth outfielder. He'll DH uh, also worth noting that Canna has played quite a bit of first base in his career too. So there is some versatility here. He's, I think he even played center field uh, a few times this year and last year. So in theory, he can play four spots for you, five if you count the DH, which everybody can play. But uh, yeah, I think Canna's a, a solid fit. Also, uh, surprisingly good numbers at uh, T-Mobile Park. Not that that means a ton. You know, that's small sample size and whatnot. But Canna's just, he's a pretty good player um, who I think ideally at this stage of his career is a fourth outfielder who play gets 400 plate appearances a year. Um, mm-hmm. And he does not have the severe lefty righty splits like somebody like Pollock uh, has had, at least coming into this last year, what Pollock had. So I think it's a, I think it's a solid fit. And I think it does make some sense both in you know the short term and the long term. And I also don't think he's going to cost a ton 
uh, to acquire at the deadline because you still they still owe him about five million dollars this year. There's a two million dollar buyout, uh, and then you know obviously you have an eleven million dollar option. So the acquiring team is going to have to eat at least seven million dollars. That's going to eliminate a lot of teams uh, from this conversation. But hey, you know what? The Mets just paid four million dollars for Trevor Gott, so. Who knows how much you actually have to pay Mark Hanna. So we'll see. But I do think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I But I, I would caution people and say that this feels much more like speculative than like the Mariners have reached out. But I, I, I think they probably have or will. I would uh, think they have. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, typically Buster's not making stuff up. So my guess is that he heard like, oh, the Mariners are one of those teams that's kind of, you know talked about it but yeah yeah and i do wonder if those efforts get you know jacked up a little bit now that kelnick's probably going to be out for a while well yeah and that and that's what i'm thinking right is that with the news of kelnick with the fact that aj pollock has just been nothing for you and you need to move off of him immediately if possible um that yeah they, they would be interested in canada plus he's he's a guy that's you know that can be club controlled in 2024 so uh and is like even with his relative down year this year, still one eleven WRC plus guy. But even with that, yeah. eleven and a half million dollars is a more than fine bet on him. Now he's a little bit older, but he's still a good player. You know, two uh, two forty four, three forty six, three ninety six. Not a lot of power there. You know, that's never really been his thing. I mean, he hit twenty six home runs one year, but that's that's been about it. Um, yeah. You know, he doesn't strike out. He he walks a good amount. Like that's a good player for eleven and a half million dollars. I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, yeah, funny enough, know. though, he's 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 actually a, a reverse splits guy. I mean, he's not bad mm-hmm. against lefties, but he's actually been like really good against righties, <clears throat> uh, especially mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So, um, but yeah, you just see more guys that you know they don't strike out and they walk. You know, they get on base. Like that's that's what you need to get back to. You need more guys like that on your roster right now. Yeah, and like you said, last year he was a 2.8 win player. The year before that, he was a three win player. Like he is, uh, you know, in, in 2020, the the strike or the the COVID year, he mm-hmm. was one and a half wins in the, let's see here in 59 games. So basically a four win pace there. Um, you know, year before that, he was almost a four win player. Like this is a guy who's a pretty safe bet to be a two win player. Um, yeah. even in a part-time role, which is w- what you are acquiring, acquiring him for. I know Mariner fans want like the big, like middle of the order bad, and that's not Canna, <clears throat> but you have work to do around the fringes of your roster, both in 2020 yeah. and 2024. And Canna checks a lot of boxes. Uh, yeah. If well, you can expedite that, if this is only just for the sake of 2024, really, you still need to expedite that a little bit here. If possible, if you have an opportunity right. here, you, you take it right. Especially because we don't yeah. know what this market is going to really look like. Right. So well, everything you can check off your to-do list in the summer allows you more focused on the things you need to do in the winter. So even if all you can do in the summer is add kind of these, these role players and you have yeah. to wait until the winter to try and add your big impact bat, then yeah. fine, do it. Uh, because it's going to only going to get, uh, harder, uh, yeah. to do the more things you have to do this winter, the harder it's going to be to get them all done. Well, also, you know, if you like Marcana, if you want Marcana to be a part of this thing, if you think he's a good fit for your roster, just because he's available now, doesn't mean that he'll necessarily be available in the winter. Maybe he gets traded elsewhere and maybe yeah. they pick the, the, you know, the club option, you know, this one. So, maybe they decline and he signs somewhere else. Like right. there's, yeah. there's so many variables there. So if you have the opportunity right now, if you like Mark Cannon a lot 
and you want him to be a part of this thing, do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah, I can't imagine Canna cost much more than like Alberto Rodriguez at the high end. Um, yeah, so, I don't even think it's going to be that, to be honest. Yeah, with I you. mean, we'll see. It's he's still a good player. Like, and then at the end of the he's day, good player. players, good players cost more in the summer than they would in the winter. But obviously, by acquiring him in the summer, you get to control the option. It's not you know out of your hands. So yeah, uh, I I think Alberto Rodriguez is like a totally legitimate like. If they made that trade tomorrow, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like Rodriguez, maybe even Cade Marlowe. Like, I feel like that's like the high end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's it's something like, I don't know, Morales or somebody like that. But I, I, I really don't even see us looking up and it's like Travis Kuhn <laughs> and like a couple uh, other guys. Like, like maybe it's it's like, I don't know, Axel Sanchez. Like, it's yeah, just sure. it's not going to be somebody who you're going to look at and go like, you traded Cole Young for that? No, no. You're no, you're trading no, guys no, who no, like no. Yeah, you're not trading guys who are like, oh, they could be part of the starting lineup in, in three years. You're trading guys who have yeah. work to do. They're a few years away. They're not on the 40 man, presumably. So like, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be reasonably cheap too. So yeah, yeah, I, I like the canna idea. Uh you know, obviously again for this year because you need to give those at bats to somebody because believe it or not, despite all of this, you're still in the exact same spot you were four days ago Yeah, because nobody wants to win the third wild card spot. So yeah, you do need at bats this year, but more importantly, you need to start chiseling away at, you know, acquiring the three or four good above average bats you need for next year. Uh, and Canada right. is one of those guys who can fill multiple roles for you. So yeah. I, and I, Jerry, I like the idea. Yeah. Jerry today on the radio was talking about, you know, they, they do want to make some upgrades. Like they do want to add some, yeah some pieces uh for for now you know for for 2023 and 2024 in mind so they haven't completely given up on 2023 just what jerry has said is you know we haven't separated ourselves enough to go after you know this year's luis castillo right like yeah no absolutely not you're not doing that you're not and you know you're not doing the the rental thing either so yeah yeah yeah, that's why a guy like canon makes sense because he's not going to cost what castillo costs but he's also not a rental but yeah. if he comes here and struggles and it's not a fit, you do have an easy out anyways. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it's a pretty ideal fit. Yeah, it's it's, it's very low risk and yeah. uh, I wouldn't say high reward, but a pretty good reward out of it. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, Canna can play both corner outfield spots. He can play first base. He can play third and a pinch. He's done he's dabbled. That. Sure, yeah, he's done that a little bit this year for the Mets. So yeah. I mean. How much better would you feel about this lineup right now if it had a 111 WRC plus bat added to it? A lot, regardless a lot. of name. Yeah, especially so. after the Kelnick injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that like would be uh, that'd be cool. And you know, maybe they still get aggressive. Maybe they still do something like hey, the the idea that we talked about yesterday with the you know one of the Cardinals bats. Maybe they still do mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so I I still think that we're in line for a, a fairly entertaining deadline and and boy does this need does this team really need something entertaining to happen with them because <laughs> sure yeah yeah it's uh it's hard to talk about a uh, painfully mediocre team <laughs> every single day yeah especially when like the rest of the league won't kill you yeah like the rest of the league refuses to put Mariner fans out of their misery so you still have yeah. to hold on to this like back of your head like we're only four and a half back. You're one good run away from like, like completely changing you, the complexion of your season. It's really if you weird. win five in a row starting tomorrow. Like you're probably within two games of the wild card spot. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, Jerry should go get Cody Bellinger. So yeah, it just, yeah. it's annoying that the league refuses to kill the Mariners and the Mariners refuse to, you know, do the jobs themselves. So now we're just kind of in this limbo. Where we're like, I, 
I don't know. I, I think, yeah. you know, the, I think pers- the perspective shift should be pretty apparent by now you're just watching baseball and if they get hot, fine, cool, but I wouldn't expect it. So I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow cause we're doing another show before a game. So we don't really have anything new to talk about unless something breaks. Um, hopefully no more feet though <laughs> on that front. Uh, but we'll talk about, you know, how we just feel like, does the, does the Kelnick injury actually mean like, this is over like is it to pover we'll, we'll talk about that we'll talk about some other things tomorrow so be on the lookout for that but that's going to do it for us uh for now thank you so much for joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast for colby pat note i'm tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners follow me at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. That's our at over on threads as well, which we're not really using, but you can follow us on there anyway. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the game. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.